is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Larry Rogowski, we continue the conversation on health and wellness, gratitude, not taking things personally, being impeccable with your word. We also discuss the upcoming burlesque musical and everything else that he's looking forward to. So I hope you enjoy part two with Larry Rogowski. Wellness. Health and wellness. Yeah. How important is it to you um, these days <laughs> with producing? And how are you? How are you? How are you baking that into your schedule? What is your? I don't know if you can give me a sampling of how you maintain physical health. So I have a huge background in the health and wellness field, obviously, yeah. um, from years as a massage therapist and a health coach, and just being like embroiled in that universe for so many years before coming back to the theater and producing. Mm. Um, it's essential without your health. I know this sounds so trite, but you health is wealth and if you're not healthy you have nothing it's, it's just True. think about when you're sick or if you've had covid or you have the flu or whatever it is you just like want to die like you don't want to do anything else you just want to get better yeah that's all you care about so if you could take care of yourself and, and be at your optimal health as much as possible without going insane and crazy because there can be other extremes to that too I, I'm, I'm all always about a balance there mm. trying to it's always seeking balance you're never in balance sure. it's always seeking that right i wrote a book last year during yeah 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 during the big the great shutdown of broadway i was like well, what am i going to do now so i put all my focus back to my company which is called urban body fix and that was my wellness company and i wrote a book called the urban body fix and um it was a really interesting time because it it reminded me of the need in the theater community in the entertainment community to have a focus on wellness and well-being. Yeah. You know, certainly your physical wellness and well-being, but also mental wellness and well-being, you know, and seeking balance because it can get pretty extreme in this whether you're on stage, backstage, on the producing side, whatever it is, it can get extreme. I mean, it's a producer like we're always going out for meals and drinks and, and drinks. You got to be careful, <laughs> you know? You just do. You have to check yourself sometimes with you, that. Do you have a, an allotment for yourself or do you have a, a thought process with that? Is it, you know, like club sodas after after three outings with drinks or yeah, so I think it's sort of... funny. So um, I mentioned her earlier. So Sue, my producing partner, she does not drink at all. Um, she makes a great joke of it. She'll tell the waiter that she's pregnant, which, you know, now she's of an age where like, if you say you're pregnant, they look at her like, oh, what? Um, oh, no. But um, so I, I always say I do the drinking for both of us. I'm not, <laughs> that being said, I am definitely not a big drinker, but I enjoy a glass of wine with dinner or, you know, I, I like to have a Manhattan once in a while, sure. but I definitely in moderation mm. and I will, I will order a club soda with lime a lot mm. because it's very tempting to just chug back a few drinks like several times a week, yeah. but you can't do that. You also get sloppy and you don't want to go there. Like opening nights are amazing nights, right? I love mm -hmm. an opening night. People don't realize, or maybe they forget, like that's a working night for a producer An opening night. We are working. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> the show is exciting. The it's party open. is fun. Yeah. All that you hope for amazing reviews. But that's the night we're working. So you can't afford to get sloppy in those nights. No. It's tempting. It's so like, let's have drinks and you know, get sloppy, but you just can't do it. Yeah. How about with eating? Are you are you meal prepping? Do you have go-to spots when you're grabbing lunch? I mean, I, I saw Chick-fil-A across the street. And if I was working here, that would be a very tempting, Don't very do it. tempting Don't moment. Don't do it. <laughs> but is there any, yeah. 
thought process with that? Yeah, um, definitely. Because it's easy when you get caught up in your day to just grab the first thing. You know, I, oh, there's 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 literally rugula on the desk next to me right now. There's one left. It's looking at um, me. <laughs> it's all yours. But um, yeah, I think you need to prep. You need to um, set yourself up for success when it comes to your health. Like I'm not on stage anymore. However, I speak in public a lot. And, mm. you know, and, and I want to, I want to feel good. That's first and foremost. I'm 49 now and things get a little more challenging the older you get. I, mm. I, I realized like when I got into my forties, though, I feel amazing. I feel like I'm in my twenties still yeah. physically, but I also have noticed, okay, you know, I'm not that skinny little guy anymore that can just eat whatever the heck he wants mm. I have to start, you know, watching it more and making sure that I, you know, get to the gym and make that happen doesn't it doesn't happen as easily as it used to of course yeah yeah how about meditation are mm -hmm. you do you meditate yeah i think that's another really important thing so i have a dog i think everybody should have a dog yeah. or some kind of a pet that you can <laughs> i love dogs be with so <laughs> I, I take my dog out every yeah. morning and that is a form of meditation for me that's the time where i do not have my phone with me mm -hmm. it's me it's the dog it's the park it's nature mm -hmm. but i do also do some meditation, um, mm. not daily. Um, that's something I'm always striving to get better at as well, or be more consistent with. But I think it's, it's important to just take some time to focus on your breath, let go of all those thoughts. Mm. Sometimes they'll creep back in, let go of them again. Yeah. And it's a process. Yeah. Is that morning for you or is that midday or when you need it? Meditation is when I need it. Yeah. Um, I also like to do it before bedtime. Hmm. Take a little time then. Yeah. Getting off the phone at night. That's a practice. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a rule. I don't have my phone in my bedroom. Oh, good. Uh, which could be challenging for New Yorkers because sometimes your bedroom is your kitchen, your living room, your bath. It's all in one place. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think it's... I don't really have electronics in the bedroom. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, but usually not. You're using an alarm clock? I actually, I actually have... It's battery powered, but it's actually like an old fashioned clock that I have that has an alarm on it. I don't, I usually get up anyway, unless I have to get up for, so, you know, a 7 a.m. flight. I have to be up at 4.30 in the morning, then I'll set an alarm. Got it. Um, or I'll have it, you know, I'll set the alarm on my, my iPhone, but it'll still be in another room. I'll make sure it's loud enough that I can hear it. I just smart. don't like to have it in the bedroom. Because I think the worst thing that can happen, because this has happened, maybe it's happened to you. You'll peek at your phone if you get up to pee in the middle of the night or you get woke up in the middle of the night and you take a look at your phone and an email comes through that you're like, uh-oh, and it's an actionable email or something, and then it keeps you up. So I think it's better to just not look at it. It'll, it can wait till the morning. Nothing is that important. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky with London. I've noticed doing business with London is yeah. like, it's really tricky in the morning because well, it's, you know, 5 a.m. Yeah, we have a partnership in London. Hard. We're doing a lot of stuff with, with London partners right now. So we will do 8 a.m. Zooms, you know, but, but even so, you know, overnight, I, sleep to me is sacred. It is. And I think that the only way to be powerful in your whole day, you have to have restful sleep. Mm -hmm. You just have to. Changes made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity. Is anything coming to mind? Changes that I've made yeah. personally? Maybe even during this time with the pandemic. Oh boy. I definitely have more of a practice of, um, uh, I'm more grateful now. So a gratitude practice. What every, is it? Every day, every day I take stock of 
all the wonderful things in my life. And I'm very fortunate. I'm very, I don't know, lucky is not a good word to use because I don't think it happened by luck. I think it's how I approach life and approach my day. Mm. Things that you, you, things you'll attract in your life. Yeah. You just do. And the people that you bring in your life, it's also important. Like be careful who you surround yourself with. You know, sometimes you have people in your family you, you can't necessarily avoid, but you know, you be careful how much time you spend with them. That's yeah. all. Yeah, that's you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Correct. And during the pandemic, I was around family, <laughs> <laughs> which can be good and bad. I don't know. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, common piece of incorrect advice you hear in producing or the theater industry at large. Common piece of incorrect. Oh boy. Um, this sort of, there, there's a book, uh, Grant Cardone wrote a book called 10, 10X. It's, ten, it's like the 10 times, it was like 10 times harder, 10 times faster, 10 times. That mm. works for some people, but that's something yeah. that I've gotten from people like, you just have to, you gotta do more, you gotta do more. I don't know if that's always the best advice. I think quality, is more important than quantity. Mm-hmm. Look, sometimes you get in a mode where you're like, I'm just going to make 20 phone calls today. I, like you, It's like throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. Every once in a blue moon, that's fine. But I'm, I definitely like having quality conversations and meeting with quality people yeah. rather than quantity. And a lot of people will give you the advice that's opposite of that. Like get as many out there as, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about, okay. So you, I mean, you brought up a book. I'm thinking that was like a book not to recommend <laughs> 10X <laughs> or maybe to recommend. I, I shouldn't but say I'm curious. not recommend that book because it is, actually is a good book. And for, yeah. for the right person, I think it's exactly, for me, it's not. Well, my next question is books, favorite books, most gifted books. I have a so. favorite. It's called The Four Agreements. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my God, that. I can't think of the author right now. Uh, Cortez. Cortez. Is that right? I can't. You could look it up. The Four Agreements. You'll find it. Yeah. I think there's actually a, one more book, The Fifth Agreement which I haven't read. I don't know what it is, but I love the four agreements. It's about, you know, integrity and being your word and, and all that. It's just, it's, it's so simple mm. yet. It's, um, it's profound in the sense of it really sort of covers everything, mm. you know? Um, it's really, it's just a really, really good book. Everybody should read it. The four yeah. agreements. Yeah, that is, I read it be a impeccable with your word. That's one that always sticks out to me. If you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. Mm. You know, do the things you say you're going to do. Don't take anything personally. That's another one of the agreements. I, I think as an actor or as a producer, you know, we hear a lot of things all day. People will throw crap at us all the time. Yeah. And it's so easy to take stuff personally, but it's very rarely ever about you. It's usually about the person that's spewing that information your way. Mm. You just can't take it personally, right? For me, it's always about next Hmm. You know, staying in that mode of, okay, what's, what's next mm-hmm. and never lingering on anything for too long. Yeah. I, you're absolutely right. I notice when, whenever you hear something, you know, out of pocket or rude or something that comes out of, you know, someone, it really says nothing about you. It says everything about them oh, and how they feel 100%. about whatever's going on, you know, unless you know, you've messed up for some reason. But other than that, right. it's, and how are you finding the difference between, I mean, and I had this conversation with Joe Mantella. So I'm really curious what, you know, as from a director, but also now with the producer, finding the difference between what someone is saying and what they mean or what they want to tell you. There's a space mm. between the two sometimes. And when yeah, you're sometimes listening, you, have to, you have to read between the lines. But yeah. It comes down to listening. It's just more listening. It yeah, is. Because people will say a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but what are they actually getting at? What do they want? What do they mean? And it's just, it's just listening and, you know, being, being with them. I love a conversation where it's, this conversation is great. It's like a dance. I know you're interviewing yeah. me, like you have questions and stuff, but it feels, it feels good. Like you ever have one of those lunches or dinners you go out with, with a friend and it goes by like two hours. It's, oh my God, I have like five minutes. It's usually because you're talking, like you're laughing, you're talking about ideas and exciting things. Yeah. And then there's other times you go to lunch with someone and it's, you know, an hour long and it feels like it's five hours. Like, why was that such <laughs> a slog? You know, cause it's, you're not talking about ideas. Maybe you're just sitting gossiping and yeah, that's never good. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, okay. As we, as we're wrapping up here, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Boy, for millions of people to see, whew, burlesque. Now, <laughs> now that's, that's Where and when? One of our upcoming <laughs> shows. But that's actually a pretty good one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> that's the show we're producing. It's coming up. Um, boy, one word or no, no, a phrase? phrase or a quote or a short story or anything or a long story. I don't know. <laughs> I love the idea of don't take anything personally. Yeah. I think I just said it. That's one of those agreements. Yeah. I think everybody can get some, like we all think we're so important. So we take things so personally like, okay. <laughs> everybody thinks true. they're important. So maybe you're not that important. I <laughs> <laughs> Check yourself. No. Check yourself. <laughs> what are you, what are you getting excited about? What are you looking forward to? What's, What's bright on the horizon? Okay, so we have a bunch of projects we're working on right now. So currently on Broadway, we, we're uh, producers of Moulin Rouge, Company, Funny Girl, which is opening next month. So wow. just a really exciting slate yeah, um, of Already. shows that we're so proud of. And I mentioned Jagged Little Pill, which is you know going to be touring and opening the West End. And um, we have a tour of Rock of Ages in the UK right now, which is really exciting. Um, but what's coming up is um, Burlesque, which is based on the film from 2010 with Sharon Christina Aguilera. That's going to be um, coming uh, over the next, we should hit Broadway in about two years. So it's, cool. you know, we're, we're developing right now. Uh, we also are partners in a development company called CRI, Creative Rights International, mm -hmm. which has Burlesque is under that umbrella. And there's a bunch of other titles there. Um, and finally, we, we started an NFT company. Been hearing a lot about those. Yeah, <laughs> people are either like, "Oh my god, amazing," or they're like, "How do you spell NFT?" What? Right, right. Um, they just, you know, it's it's a bit of the wild west right now. It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, as producers, we've been talking for years about how can we sh shake up the model of Broadway? How can we generate revenue that goes beyond just butts and seats? And mm. we're trying to get smart about it and figure it out. Um, you know, things are being streamed now, which is great. We obviously all have seen Hamilton on Disney Plus, and there was, you know, other shows come from away. Um, <laughs> Diana, there's shows that now yeah. are available streaming, and I think that that's definitely going to keep going, and that's a great avenue for revenue. But NFTs are the next frontier, and I see it as being a huge source of revenue that's equitable that everybody can participate in, from the producers to the creatives to the stagehands. You know, really, there's so much there that's possible and it's going to be very exciting to see how it expands over the next few years are these like digital i mean we've talked a little bit about this and i'm still trying to wrap my brain around it so when we're talking nfts for theater 
is this, and I said it to you before, but I'll just repeat it again, I guess for now to start this, a, like a digitally signed program or digitally signed ticket. It could be. Um, NFTs could you look know. a million different ways, quite frankly. Anything can be made into an NFT. The NFTs are um, non-fungible token. They're digital assets. You think of it like... So like you could sell the first line of the show from the original script? Yeah. If you want to... Great. That's a great, that. that's a great example. Think of it like, you know, baseball cards or, yeah. or Pokemon cards or sure. anything. They're collectibles, right? But it goes beyond being just collectible. There's also some utility that can come with an NFT. Like you purchase an NFT of... Yeah, an original script from a play that got changed over the years. You know, that, sure. so there's value in that because there's only a certain amount of them that are minted. It's called minting. When you mint an NFT, mm -hmm. you create an NFT. Maybe there's 100 NFTs. That's it. There's a finite amount of this original script from something. Gotcha. Um, then maybe it comes with the utility of you purchase this NFT and it unlocks, you know, um, you meet the author. Sure. So there could be something like that, or you get a, you know, um, an extra perk at the performance of a mm. show. Maybe you get to meet one of the actors, yeah. that sort of thing. Interesting. Mm. I'm excited to see where it's going. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Our company's called it's... Museworks and we're, we're, you know, it was just born about eight months ago. Yeah. So this is all, it's very new territory for everyone, yeah. um, in NFT land. But if you haven't heard about NFTs yet, now that you've heard me say NFT many times, you're going to see it everywhere. It's like, you know, you, when you buy a car, then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere you go. It's the same thing. A red punch buggy yeah. <laughs> beetle or yeah, whatever, yeah. Volkswagen. That's, um, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm excited to see where that heads. Because I know there's, kind of, you know, it's like, is it a fad? Is it not a fad? What is it going to be? How does it evolve? Like, you know, the internet, I guess. Right. It's like another People piece. said that when, you know, I remember 1998, do I really have to get an email address? I'm not going to use that. <laughs> Could you imagine thinking that, <laughs> you know, social media, where was that 10 years ago? You know what I mean? Like it just, it's amazing to see how it evolves. I think this, we're going to see yeah. the same thing with NFTs. That's why I'm excited to be a part of this, you know, early on stage. It's huge in the art world and the sports world. And now bringing yeah. it to theater and the Broadway world. Whew, so much opportunity. I love that. I love this conversation. Thank you for taking the time. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? Oh boy. Um, come, <laughs> to begin? come see a show. <laughs> Broadway know. is alive and kicking and really, I mean, there's 17 Broadway shows opening in April. How exciting is that? That's I, crazy. I feel like we're turning a major corner here. Um, yes. Theaters are opening up everywhere across the globe. So see a show, let people know that shows are open and yeah. um, just know that theater is, um, it's eternal. We, we will, there will always be theater. It's always going to happen in one way or another. And I just love it so much. I'm excited to see where it's going to go over the next thousands of years. Well, I won't see it, you know, yeah. that's the next, you know, over the next thousands of years, but, um, my son and his kids and their kids and all that will. So let's keep yeah, it going. I love that. This was great. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks Clay. People of the world, Larry Rogowski. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 